notification everyone so we are starting the book called easy journey to other planets and i chose this book because we just completed the topic of mystic path and mystic perfection in the previous book so i think this book has a logical continuation of the topic so Easy Journey to Other Planets by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, Founder Acharya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Page number one. No, preface. There's a preface. Okay. A living being, especially civilized man, has a natural desire to live forever in happiness. This is quite natural, because in his original state, the living being is both eternal and joyful. However, in the present conditioned state of life, he is engaged in a struggle against recurring birth and death. Therefore, he has attained neither happiness nor immortality. The latest desire man has developed is the desire to travel to other planets. This is also quite natural because he has the constitutional right to go to any part of the material or spiritual skies. Such travel is very tempting and exciting because these skies are full of unlimited globes of various qualities and they are occupied by all types of living entities. The desire to travel there can be fulfilled by the process of yoga, which serves as a means by which one can transfer himself to whatever planet he likes, possibly to planets where life is not only eternal and blissful, but where there are multiple varieties of enjoyable energies. Anyone who can attain the freedom of the spiritual planets needs never return to this miserable land of birth, old age, disease and death. One can attain the stage of perfection very easily by his individual effort. He can simply follow in, this, in his own home the prescribed method of bhakti yoga. This method under proper guidance is simple and enjoyable. An attempt is made herein to give information to the people in general and to philosophers and religionists in particular as to how one can transfer oneself to other planets by this process of bhakti yoga, the highest of all yogic processes. Okay, page one, chapter one, anti-material worlds. Materialistic science may one day finally discover the eternal anti-material world which has for long been unknown to the wranglers of gross materialism. Regarding the scientists' present conception of antimatter, the Times of India, October 27, 1959, published the following news release. Stockholm, October 26, 1959. Two American atomic scientists were awarded the 1959 Nobel Physics Prize today for the discovery of the antiproton, proving that matter exists in two forms, 
as particles and antiparticles. They are Italian-born Dr. Emilio Sa Segre, 69, and Dr. Owen Chamberlain, born in San Francisco. According to one of the fundamental assumptions of the new theory, there may exist another world, or an anti-world, build up of antimatter. This anti-material world would consist of atomic and subatomic particles spinning in reverse orbits to those of the world we know. If these two worlds should ever clash, they would both be annihilated in one blinding flash. In this statement, the following propositions are put forward. First, there is an antimaterial atom or particle which is made up of the anti-qualities of material atoms. Second, there is another world besides this material world of which we have only limited experience. Three, the antimaterial and material worlds may clash at a certain period and may annihilate one another. Out of these three items, we, the students of theistic science, can fully agree with items 1 and 2, but we can agree with item 3 only within the limited scientific definition of antimatter. The difficulty lies in the fact that the scientist's conception of antimatter extends only to another variety of material energy, whereas the real antimatter must be entirely antimaterial. Matter, as it is constituted, is subjected to annihilation, but antimatter, if it is to be free from all material symptoms, must also be free from annihilation by its very nature. If matter is destructible or separable, antimatter must be indestructible and inseparable. We shall try to discuss these propositions from the angle of authentic scriptural vision. The most widely recognized scriptures in the world are the Vedas. The Vedas have been divided into four parts – Sama, Yajur, Rig and Atharva. The subject matter of the Vedas is very difficult for a man of ordinary understanding. For elucidation, the four Vedas are explained in the historical epic called the Mahabharata and in 18 Puranas. The Ramayana is also a historical epic which contains all the necessary information from the Vedas. So, the four Vedas, the original Ramayana by Valmiki, the Mahabharata and the Puranas are classified as Vedic literatures. The Upanishads are part of the four Vedas and the Vedanta Sutras represent the cream of the Vedas. To summarize all these Vedic literatures, the Bhagavad Gita is accepted as the essence of all Upanishads and the preliminary explanation of the Vedanta Sutras. One may then conclude that from the Bhagavad Gita alone one can have the essence of the Vedas for it is spoken by Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, 
who descends upon this material world from the anti-material world in order to give complete information of the superior form of energy. The superior form of energy of the Personality of Godhead is described in the Bhagavad Gita as Para-Prakriti. The scientists have recently discovered that there are four mm-hmm. The scientists have recently discovered that there are two forms of perishable matter. But the Bhagavad Gita describes most perfectly the concept of matter and antimatter in terms of two forms of energy. Matter is an energy which creates the material world, and the same energy in its superior form also creates the anti-material, transcendental world. The living entities belong to the category of superior energy. The inferior energy or material energy is called apara prakriti. In the Bhagavad Gita, the creative energy is thus presented in two forms, namely apara and para prakriti. Matter itself has no creative power. When it is manipulated by the living entity, material things are produced. Matter in its crude form is therefore the latent energy of the Supreme Being. Whenever we think of energy, it is natural that we think of the source of energy. For example, when we think of electrical energy, we simultaneously think of this powerhouse, powerhouse where it is generated. Energy is not self-sufficient. It is under the control of a superior living being. For example, fire is the source of two other energies, namely light and heat. Light and heat have no independent existence outside of fire. Similarly, the superior and inferior energies are derived from a source, which one may call by any name. That source of energy must be a living being with full sense of everything. That supreme living being is the Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, or the all-attractive living being. In the Vedas, the supreme living being or the Absolute Truth is called Bhagavan, the opulent one, the living being who is the fountainhead of all energies. The discovery of the two forms of limited energies by the modern scientists is just the beginning of the progress of science. Now they must go further to discover the source of the two particles or atoms, which they term material and anti-material. Yeah, so we're going to stop here for today and in the next episode we're going to read about the explanation of what is anti-material particle. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Please bless us to overcome all the different complexities of life to actually keep a strictly daily format of our podcast. And the link to this book is in the description. And we will see you next time. Hi, Krishna.